Hello, I'm Morgan Rhodes. My co-host, Oliver Wong, will be back in next week. You are listening to Heat Rocks, and as you know, every episode we invite a guest to talk about a heat rock, fire tracks, hot lava. And today, we will be deep diving together into Prince once again to talk about his 1980 album, Dirty Mind. Hot Sex on a Platter was one of the most fire cuts on the Boomerang soundtrack and one way to describe Prince's third album, a heat rock released on Warner Brothers Records October 8th, 1980. Dirty Mind was a lot of things, post-disco and post-coital, absolutely funky and 30 minutes of salacious synthesized sexuality that I knew I couldn't play at the crib. Prince used eight tracks, chock full of sexual innuendo and double entendre, to give us a wee glimpse into his proclivities, all the while singing us to smithereens. Yes, indeed. As usual, Prince's genius was in full display. He was, as Stephen Holden wrote, a guitar god with the most thrilling falsetto since Smokey Robinson. Dirty Mind was up-tempo, meant to encourage us to party up while Prince turned us on, turned us out, turned us loose, and strummed a few things with his fingers, courting controversy in the process. Here's another way to describe Dirty Mind. Media over here, coming to you like a world premiere, trench coat and my underwear, let's go with this freak show. That's actually a Britney Spears lyric, but it works. Works to describe a walk on the wild side with Prince Rogers Nelson, mayor of the city. Erotic city. Dirty Mind, without question, is a heat rock. Dirty Mind was the album pick of our guest today, Illa J. Detroit, Michigan. We owe a lot to the Motor City, where sounds are concerned. Maybe it's the musicality of the city, the grit of the city, its people. Maybe there is love in the heart of the city. Whatever the case, it is without question home to some of music's best and brightest, including our guest, who's got royalty inside his DNA. He is the child of Ma Dukes, the brother of J.D., and a native son of Detroit. He is also a producer, beat interpreter, MC, and vocalist from the Motor City, and nice with lyrics and an MPC. He made his debut on Stone's Throw with Yancey Boys over a decade ago. Illa J's latest album, John Yancey, was released last year in 2018. We are so glad to have him here on the West Coast and in studio. Illa J, welcome to Heat Rocks. What's up? I'm happy to be here. This is dope. <laughs> All right. Now, got to ask you, you had choices, a gang of albums. Prince yeah. had a gang of albums. Why Dirty Mind? I feel like this is the one where he found his edge. For you, like, you see, like, okay, this like, the next Stevie Wonders, you know, kid, play a bunch of instruments. I think he was on the same label as, like, Parliament and Funkadelic and all of them. So he was learning a lot of stuff from them. Like I say, it just has an edge to it. 
it's like, yo, like, take me seriously. You know right. what I mean? What was your introduction to the album? Like, how'd you get it? How'd you, did you get it on CD? Did you get it on vinyl? How'd you get it? It was CD and vinyl my first time. Because, like, I was more on the MJ side growing up. Because, obviously, you hear all the MJ songs all the time. And, you know, they my parents played Prince, but I didn't get a chance to get into Prince until, like, like early 20s. And then that's when I really... Because I knew, I, I knew the hits. I knew 1999. But sure. that's when I really started. I started with For You, and I kind of went from the beginning and trying to build build up. Can I ask you where you stand on the debate now, Prince versus Michael Jackson? Because that comes up a lot. I know it's not fair. <laughs> you can't really compare them. Sure. But um, you, you listening to a Prince album, you listening to a Prince album. You know what I mean? Right. Like, MJ, I would say he's just as musical. People take that away from him. They say he's not as musical. But I feel like music is just in Michael Jackson. The difference is, is Prince can do that on every instrument. Like, I know that he produces, but, you know, he had Quincy there to, to tweak it. But exactly. Prince is engineering. He's right. in the studio engineering right. the whole record. Yeah. That's crazy. It, it is. Playing all the instruments, 20-plus instruments. Um, when you think about the great MJ albums, Off the Wall and Thriller, you can't talk any discussion of, of those albums has to include Quincy Jones. Yeah, and and Quincy Jones by himself is a, he's a he's a is legend. A G. You know what I mean? With with Prince, there was no Quincy Jones. That's Prince. That's Prince on guitar. That's Prince on synthesizer. That's Prince on piano. That's Prince on lead vocals. That's Prince on background vocals. That's Prince dancing. That's Prince arranging. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Prince is in the building. Yep. Right. I don't know. It's, it's hard to it's hard to really compare. You know, but I mean, Prince wins every time. I mean, you. It's like, yo, he, he can sing, he can dance, play every instrument, produce, write. I got to ask you about your, your first impressions when you heard the album, like the very first thought you had when you heard the album. Like, honestly, when I heard Dirty Mind, because it starts off with that, you know. You know, and you can hear it's a little off, but I like that it's a little bit off, and you can hear that he's playing with it. You know, the beginning of Dirty Mind sounds a little bit like the beginning of Controversy. That yeah, beginning, yeah, it that, does. Right? Yep, yep. <laughs> that beginning synth. But Dirty Mind is just more hype than Controversy. And of yeah. course, it doesn't contain all the... When we get to Controversy, we get to controversial lyrics and politics and stuff. Yeah. This is controversial in its own way. But talk a little bit about, about Dirty Mind and your first impression of the song. Like you were saying, they sound the same, but the sound is a little dirtier on Dirty Mind. It's just, and it's something about that raw sound that even today, you know, people still add static in, in tracks and, and things like that just to give it that sound. People, you know, like Adrian Young, people like that, they record in tape, and you can't get that. It gives you a whole nother experience than with any other artist. Because like I said, I'm listening to the album, I'm looking, you know, I'm picturing him programming that. Sure. Like that's like when I listen to Prince albums, like I picture him playing it, and then uh, like his, you know, the smooth falsetto over it. Like I used to practice all of these songs, like like singing them, like in the basement. Yeah. Like, uh, like yo, like it's almost like a punk rock 
R&B soul yeah. funk album. Yeah. I don't how does I don't know how that works, but it's like <laughs> he, he had that all yeah. mixed in together. And it's worth yeah. noting for Dirty Mind that 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 those that chord progression was actually created in part uh, with Fink, and so Fink uh, played it uh-huh, in in their rehearsal, and um, and Prince on the sneak taped it. And said, I like this. This is fire. I'm paraphrasing. He probably didn't say it was fire, but it's fire to me. And he was like, let's let's work on it a little bit later. And so the later came, I, I guess Prince went home and recorded his vocals and came back and that became uh, Dirty Mind. I feel like Dirty Dirty Mind was the blueprint for the albums that came after that. I mean, it even, again, like you were saying, the album after the controversy starting almost the same as Dirty Mind. It's almost like that was like the blueprint. And he just took that and expanded on it, you yep. know, and took it to a, to another level, you know. Because like I said, it starts off Dirty Mind, and I think is it, is it Got a Broken Heart? When You Were Mind. When You Were Mind. Oh, no, when you were, oh yeah, when you were, yeah, When You Were Mind. Which is which is interesting yeah. because when you were mine didn't really make a splash as a single for him. But then uh, was it Cindy, Cindy Lauper? Yeah. Prince has a few songs that people have covered and they just became bigger songs. Uh, was it uh, I Feel for You from Shaka Khan? Uh, Nothing compares Nothing to you. Nothing compares to you. Sinead uh, O'Connor. When you were mine, I feel like it's another one, but I, I can't I can't think of it right now. He wrote a Manic Monday for the Bangles. When you listened to it, did you listen to it cover to cover? Or was there a song on here that you just got stuck on and had to be on repeat for a minute until you could take the whole album in? Um, you know, this is more of a album you listen to straight through. I don't I don't think Dirty Mind, you don't go to you don't just go and listen to Dirty Mind. You have to listen to this album straight through because it's sequenced perfectly. Even the titles, I don't know, it's like like I feel like titles is just as important as the the song. Cuz like someone will look at the album and they they make a judgment before they even listen to it because they just look at the track list and like ah you know but it's just straightforward dirty mind when you were mine do it all night uptown head like what it's like this is very straightforward <laughs> you know what I mean? and, I, and imagine you know did, I don't even think they had the uh, did they have the sticker yet the um, the uh, parental advisory yeah that came later with Tipper Gore and it came later with Tipper Gore because she heard one of Prince's songs. Um, Darling Nikki. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was caught up. And uh and Darling Nikki is tame in comparison to Head, but we'll discuss that a little bit later. But one of the most interesting transitions on the album to me is the transition between Sister and Party Up.
It's an interesting transition. Sister is the shortest song on the album, a minute 16. And I think that's by design. Because by the time you realize that, one, he's talking about his sister. Two, he's talking about incest. By the time you're finished processing that, you hardly have a breath and then you go to party up. Yeah. Which I think is on purpose because you're just like, wait, 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 what did he say? And by the time you're trying to figure that yeah. out, <laughs> you're already partying. You know what I'm saying? You got to party up, as he says. I mean... <laughs> To say the least, I remember at the time thinking, he's got to be joking, because surely he can't be talking about about this. And if, I, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of people wondered later, was he talking about his real sister? But it couldn't be, because there's only two years' age difference between them, and in this, there's he's twice as old as yeah, his yeah, sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you, this album came out before you were born. How old were you when you first heard it? Uh, I was like, 21, 22, uh, my first time hearing it. But okay. yeah, like, I. How did like that, that strike you? You know what? That was one of those ones. Like, again, like, it's when you go back and listen to it, it's when you catch it. Because it, it's so fast. It's like a little, it's almost like an interlude right. in the album. And then, right. and then you and party up before you know it. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> like, if you went to, if you were like, if you, if you were playing it and then just went to get some water, the song was already, you know, it's off anyway. But it's like, like, it shows like a, it was like a new level in his songwriting, how he was talking about everything. Because, like, yeah, that one is kind of straightforward but not in a way he know how to talk about it but like over your head and then you realize after like hold up he talking about this like for real sure it's like in your face but not right. at the same time and i feel like that's the cleverness of his song right you know what I mean? and it also uh, it didn't feel creepy yeah exactly i, I know yeah. what he's talking about but it doesn't feel creepy now if someone today released a song like that you'd be like what did, what did, what yeah. One thing about Dirty Mind is he was not new to sexually explicit content. He had had, I mean, I Want to Be Your Lover was racy for the time. Mm, soft right? and wet for you. S- soft and wet for you. Bambi is another one that was sort of, and then he would later on do things. Lady Cab Driver, um, DMSR, uh, Controversy Had I'll Jack You Off. Yeah, yeah. So I think to your point earlier, this was the beginning of him really starting to push push the envelope yeah yeah so he was as well known for the sexually explicit lyrics as he was for the musicianship on this album yeah because i mean like stevie already had the i'm a super instrumentalist super genius he had that slot and sure. at the time stevie was still you know what i mean like not long after that you know do i do and all that stuff's coming out so it's like you know stevie was still in his his prime so it's like you know you got to give yourself an edge to make yourself what, what will make me stand out and again dirty mind was the one that was like that was like he figured it out. Like, oh, I know how to get him. Sure. Because he broke so many different, I don't know what word to use, barriers or boundaries. Because he, he, I feel like he spoke to a lot of people, like, didn't really understand themselves or felt that, like, they were outcasts. Sure. And, and things like that. He represented that in a way. Sure. You know? Which is so, to me, ahead of its time. Because he's talking about queerness. He's talking about, in one section he talks about, I think that's uh, When You Were Mine, where he says, I never cared. So he's addressing a lot of things that I think were yeah, yeah. were big for nineteen were big for nineteen eighty, and to that to that end, I think this that makes this album way 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 ahead of his time in the best ways. Oh yes, yeah, it was meant to be exactly as it was, like right? Eight, just eight songs, like no more, like you know, what I mean? thirty like, minutes, like thirty minutes and eighteen seconds. Fast album, you know. At the beginning of Head, to me, the beginning, the music of the beginning of Head sets it up for what this song is about to be. 
the beginning of the song before he starts singing anything is so sexy and racy and risque. Funky. I went to uh, when I went to I went to high school here, and I remember the DJ dropping head. And I'm telling you, it was uh, I went to an all girls school, and the fathers used to chaperone the dances. Oh my god! And there was just like a stampede of fathers that just bum rushed both the DJ, the dance floor. Oh wow, that's crazy! They weren't having <laughs> any part of it. I went to Catholic school, so when we would have dances, we we couldn't really dance all up on each other. And of course, when head came out, people just started like dancing up, and fathers came out of nowhere, pushing these sticks between us like you're too close. Then they bum rushed the DJ, and so. Instead of turning me off from the song, this became my favorite song. And this is my fire track off of the album. The synth is sickening on here. You know what? I'm pretty sure they couldn't play that on the radio that much. Like, But like realistically, like that should have been like a bigger song than it was. Sure. But they couldn't play it on the radio. Yeah, yeah. They, so they, like, they, I mean, they could probably play it now. Oh, yeah. So they on the radio, they could play they that. They could play, they could play, it play now. that song. Yeah. yeah. But it's like now... Nah, it's uh, way too many rules. And, and, Super you know, controversial. Like, yeah, yeah. Not just what he's saying. Um, the you know, I think that might be Wendy that's saying, you know, I'm just a virgin and I'm on my way to be wed, you know, and and he ends up, you know, doing his thing and then she ends up not getting married. Yeah, it's, it, it's listening to it now. It seems tame in comparison to what we hear. The lyrics may not be, but again, I think we've made the point a couple times that Prince just doesn't seem like a creep. Yeah, no, he was like a real, like a true artist, like beyond like, like MJ was more of a pop star, but like Prince is like the artist. Right. Like, you know, point blank the artist, you know what I mean? He's the artist. Yeah. We'll be back to talk more about Prince's dirty mind after a quick message from our sibling Max Fun podcasts. Don't go anywhere. Good morning, class. Good morning, Ms. Banks. Can anyone tell me which holiday is coming up? This major holiday celebrates giving and artistic expression. Max Fun Drive! That's right, kids. It's Max Fun Drive. And when do we celebrate? March 18th through March 29th. Very good, Billy. Now, who can tell us the story of Max Fun Drive? I know. Me, me, me. (laughs) All right, Trisha. Once a year, the pod fairy comes to town and hands out cool enamel pins of your favorite podcast. They're so effing cool. Whoa, yes, yes, Trish. But there's more to the Max Fun Drive holiday than cool pins. Max Fun Drive is the time of year when all around the world, people put aside their differences and focus on the spirit of family, friends, community, and podcasts. Oh, okay, class. Don't forget to listen to your favorite podcast from March 18th to 29th. I'll expect full pod reports when you're back. (sighs) I have got to ask someone why these classes are only 45 seconds long. Hi, it's me, Paula Poundstone. And it's me, Adam Felber. We have a podcast called Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. It's a comedy podcast where we bring on experts to teach us stuff we need to know. And by the way, the guy who came to tell us what to do when you encounter a bear never showed up. Anyway, it's fun. You are guaranteed laughs in every episode. You can't really guarantee laughs. What if somebody doesn't laugh? We'll get sued. 
Join us for our next episode where we have an expert in consumer law explain to us how to defend ourselves against one humorless litigious shut-in with enough time on their hands to sue us over our unfulfilled claim of guaranteed laughs in every episode here at MaximumFun.org. The Cat of the Week is Mabel from Green Bank, West Virginia. And we are back with Illa J talking about Prince's infamous dirty mind on Heat Rocks. I want to talk to you a little bit about the sleeper jam on this album. If you ask me, I'm biased, and obviously you're biased. You pick this album, you love this album. If you ask me, every jam on here is fire. But there's got to be a song on here that is a sleeper cut that you feel doesn't get the attention of the jams, the other jams, and gets skipped over, whether rightfully so or not. What's the song on here that gets skipped over? Do It All Night or Got a Broken Heart Again. I feel Mm. like people skip over. This is a jam, though, and it sounds a lot like his other song, Still Waiting. Yeah, oh, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. That's Vulnerable Prince, Languishing but, Prince. You know what? He always has one like that. It's like, uh, on For You, that would be crazy. Uh, was it, um, uh, I'm just a crazy. Oh, my God, that's crazy. a jam, yeah. It's like, it's basically that that one of Dirty Mind. But sure. It's like, it's like every, I feel like um, a lot of artists, too, they have those joints where it's like um, successful. So it's like they'll always have a version of that joint on every album, I feel like. Like a Britney Spears, like, for example, like her first two albums, right? So she had, <laughs> yeah, it was one more time. And then she came back, oops, I did it again. It was yep. like, <laughs> and then she it was hit you like with a that, reference. Then she hit you with that third, Slave. And we Slave. were like, oh, ooh, yeah, wait that, a minute, Britney. That, you know what? That one, honestly, and what's that's funny, we're speaking about Prince. That that's that sounds so much like, that's a sounds so much like Prince, uh, Britney Spears' Slave, That the, the vibe of that song. Like that it. beat sounds like Nasty Girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah It sounds exactly, like Vanity yeah, Six, exactly, Nasty Girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you play the beginning of, of that, the beginning of the of Slave and the beginning of, of Nasty Girl. Oh, of course, it's the same, it's the same. same swing. Yeah. Sh- shout out to Pharrell, though, and also shout out to Prince for being the blueprint. I'm a music supervisor, and here recently, Let's Go Crazy was used in a commercial. I think it might have been a Citibank commercial or Chase Bank commercial. A lot of music supervisors felt some type of way about that. To us, a lot of us, Prince's music is precious, and I think he had expressed before that he did not want his music to be featured in ads. I'm a lover of Prince music. I mean, I'm a huge, huge Prince fan. But for me, it would be very hard for me to place a Prince song in something. And I don't know that I've come, come upon a, a moment yet that justifies that because it's just so precious to me. Yeah, You're obviously nice with the, with the samples. You're nice with the beats. Is there a song of Prince's that you would sample for something? Um, On this album or any other? I'm really picky with samples or like even hearing people sample or hearing people cover people's songs like sure. you know it, it's certain songs it's like you know it's certain michael jackson songs it's like 
Like, no, nah, don't don't cover that. Don't cover that. Just don't yeah. cover it. Don't do it. But <laughs> so you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't cut up any Prince Prince songs? Honestly, it's one of those things where Prince is like you know that's like my favorite artist all the time. So like the thing is when I'm when I start to record though, like I I back off on listening to Prince because I'm I don't want to listen to him while I'm recording because then I'll feel like I'm starting to like if I make something and it's influence then cool but I don't want to I don't want to take you know I don't want to redo any songs or. It's just like it was almost like just let it let it be. It's already dope. I will say though, if it it was somebody, I would love to hear cover Prince, uh, Little Dragon. I would love to hear them cover some Prince songs because sure. her voice is really dope and like oh, even how their music sounds. It's yeah. just like you know, I'm like, yeah, they could they could do a Prince cover. Yeah, that's not a bad call. If if I had to have someone cover um, a Prince song specifically from this album, it would be Jay Davy. Um, oh yeah, DJ yeah, Davy and I, and, and I would have uh, Jack Davy either do "Do It All Night" um, or "Got a Broken Heart Again." I'd love to hear her oh, uh, do nice. that. Yeah. Question that we ask all of our guests: Do you think that "Dirty Mind" was right on time? Is it ahead of its time or timeless? I think both ahead of its time and timeless. It was just over people's head at the time. Like, I feel like the critics are. I read about it. It said it was like the first album to be like really like you know the critics really loved it or whatever you know because that, that was a thing then because people actually heard the albums before we heard it but now right. you know gets leaked yeah yeah exactly you know or it's, dropped. Just, it's just out it's just out oh I, let me go listen to it you know so like around that time like that was his first album I feel like to get like good um I get like really good reviews you know whatever but um I feel like as far as the public it just kind of went over people's heads it was one of those things where people. I feel like he built his, he really built the fans of his live show because his show was so great. And, then, you know, and I feel like there's a lot of artists like that where you hear the album and they're like, okay, yeah, it's, it's dope. But then you see him live and then that's when you, oh, okay, it's, it's dope. Like, like Jean Grey was that for me because I, I hadn't heard a lot of her music. And then um, I opened up for her in, um, in Montreal. This was like some years ago, like a few, few years ago. And then, and I saw her live show and she just, what? And like she had the whole crowd do a soul train line at the end of the show. Like her show is crazy. Like she's a beast on stage. Like Jean Grey, salute. But yeah, it's like some artists is like that, like where you let hear that music and it's dope, but it's like it's even better to see them live and then you get a chance to really experience it and like, oh, I get it. Sure. Now. Like you know what I mean? Is Dirty Mind more donuts or more rough draft? That's a good one. I'm trying to think. More you know what? More, more, more rough draft because it was it was like my my brother was coming from a more mainstream sound in the sense that because you know he was signed to a major label and um, to MCA and that was when he made rough draft when he got out of his his major deal so that was kind of him going back to the basics just you know skip it, just loops rough yeah. draft and I think that's what makes it dope because it's like it's like whatever I'm going back to the basics what I do raw and you know Dirty Mind is definitely that raw like you know that raw vibe to it where it's just like, yo, I'm just doing it my way. This is the way I'm doing it. You know, you know, either you love it or you don't like it. Right. But yo, this is what it is. That's I feel him. like it's one of those albums. It's very cutthroat, straight to the point, you know. 
One thing that I always take away from this album is was Prince's ability to make synthesizers be sexy. That they very much to me felt like an extension of his own sexuality. That they, when he would shriek, they would shriek. When he was raw and turned up, the synthesizers were raw and turned up. The guitar was raw and turned up. That the instruments were his muse, a method for communicating eroticism, sexuality, his youth, his swag, and Dirty Mind to me is that in a nutshell. The first time for me um, that I was very much aware of that. If you yeah. had to describe Dirty Mind in three words, what would they be? Album of Genies. <laughs> nice. Because sometimes I feel like when, they, when you think of something like, I guess, like, quote-unquote genius or whatever, people always picture something like, like that's, like, really, like, complex or something like, you know. But I feel like that's Prince's genius in that he can talk about something that's so controversial, but yet... And do something, you know, because he's musically musically talented. He understands theory and all this stuff, so sure. he could do some advanced musical stuff if he wanted to. But it's like, okay, how do I, how do I fit all these complex music ideas and talk about this controversial stuff and put it into a, a pop formula? It's like, it's I don't know. That's to me, that's that's his genius. It's like, how do you? It's easy to make something simple, and it's, it literally just sounds simple. But it's like. Dirty Mind, yeah, it's like, it's simple ideas, like simple chord changes. But if you really listen to it, it's not as simple. I think that's what it is. Like, what I'm trying to say, he makes it seem easy. Like, he make, he make it seem simple. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of Heat Rocks. We have been thrilled to sit down and talk about Prince's third album, Dirty Mind with Illa J. Let folks know what you're working on now. Uh, you know, uh, right now I'm still uh, touring. Um, I just dropped my new album, uh, John Yancey, uh, on Jakarta Records. You can stream it, you can buy it, vinyl, CD, and... Um, it's my fourth uh, solo album, so you know, I'm super geeked about that. And um, yeah, I'll, you know, you catch me touring. Um, honestly, I tour mostly in Europe and everywhere but the states. But you know, occasionally I do shows in LA, sure. New York, and you know, stuff like that. But yeah, look out for the new album. Catch me on Instagram at Illa J Yancey Boy. Yep. All right, and Twitter. Uh, Twitter at Illa J, Facebook Illa J. Um, yeah. <laughs> This has been Morgan Rhodes doing Heat Rocks Without my co-pilot, Oliver Wang, again talking about the music of Prince's third album, Dirty Mind with Illa J. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Heat Rocks with Morgan Rhodes, myself, Oliver Wong. I'll be back with y'all next week. Our theme song is Crown Ones by Thess One of People Under the Stairs. Shout out to Thess. Heat Rocks is produced by myself and Morgan alongside Christian Duenas, who also edits, engineers, and does the booking for our shows. Our senior producer is Laura Swisher. and exec producer is Jesse Thorne. We are part of the Maximum Fun family taping every week live in their studios in the Westlake neighborhood of Los Angeles, which is filled with dirty minds. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Heat Rocks Pod. You can find a link to our Facebook group on our webpage, heatrockspod.com. That is where we will post show notes for every episode, including a track listing of everything you've heard today and other goodies. Again, that is at heatrockspod.com. If you have not yet had a chance to leave us a five-star review on iTunes, please. Now, seriously, please, please do consider it because it is a huge, important way 
that folks who are just randomly scanning the interwebs can find their way to our show. And we want them to find our show. You want them to find our show. So please consider leaving us a review on iTunes. And before we get up out of here, here is a teaser from next week's episode, which features me and the host of Heartbreak Radio talking about the soundtrack to the 1994 Wong Kar Wai film, Chungking Express. If you're familiar with Wong Kar Wai's work, this film is really where it goes deep with the pop music as an emotional, thematic thing. Right, mm-hmm. like a song comes up and is repeated often when that emotion wants to be translated in, in the scene he's doing. And it, I don't think he's perfected it with this film, but I think it's the first time where it's like boom, the lore of the film, how it's kind of like he was getting overwhelmed with doing this other crazy epic wuxia film, and he just right. did this as a way to kind of vent creativity. The unusual kind of like way the film is done. The, the, the setup of the scenes, of the storyline, and just the love. Like, for us, it's... Even though they are... They're only, like, four or five pop songs. The way they repeat it is really powerful to the storyline. And the storyline is very much in line with, I think, the vibe of Heartbreak Radio. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist-owned. Listener-supported.